This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessories, Go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on? Facebook Live, YouTube. Welcome. Hi, Jay. Hi, Ray. How you doing? It's uh, all right. Just all right? Just all right. It's been uh, interesting. Yeah? What's interesting? Yeah, everything. Come on, explain. No, we're good. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, we uh, go down in that lower left-hand corner, smash that share button. That's what I'm doing here now. Let's get some people in here. Uh, we had an interesting conversation two weeks ago. I know Mikey was in the chat, just, you know, getting, uh, getting, uh, all worked up. Uh, we were talking about how to promote yourself, uh, how to market yourself, gain sponsorships, things like that. You guys asked for the show, so we're giving it to you. Uh, this is going to be a multi-part series. Uh, you know, we're going to have Mike on this first round, second and third, fourth rounds. We'll probably get some other folks here on this conversation. Uh, but you know, Mike has got a, a marketing background. Uh, that's kind of what he did before he got into what he does now. So, uh, let's get Mr. McKinstry in the house. Mikey, welcome. Hey, what's up? Good to hear, have you here, man. I yeah, can, I can man. tell your frustration when you were pounding the keys in that show. <laughs> it wasn't frustration it was more of a like i have things i want to chime in like i want to be part of that conversation like my favorite conversation i was just telling someone i just like literally got home like four minutes ago and i was on the phone on the way home and i was telling my friend i was like yeah i have an interview i'm doing with this podcast the best podcast in the world um one of the co-hosts is kind of weird but the rest of them are pretty cool and uh <laughs> he's talking about you no oh, that's you, pretty that's you, yeah see <laughs> but uh, i told him I was, I was like look i'm like my favorite topic to talk about in this industry is the marketing and promotion side of it because not only because i get excited about it but that's my whole background like i you know 13 years in promotional marketing and i've done um you know work with sponsors in two other sports and industries besides fishing before i did this so I had a lot of experience before social media existed and after. So it's just a topic that I love helping people with. And it's it's a topic that can last for six hours, you know. So that's why I usually do multi-part segments of this, too, when I talk about it. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So, so you know, I know you were working in marketing before you, like, fully went head-on into the fishing world. So, like, did you slowly transition into the fishing or was it, like, 
all right, I know how to do this. I'm just going full bore all in. Man. Uh, so like I said, I've done this in two other industries. So that was better for me than my marketing background. Like, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to find a shorter way to answer it, I guess. So when I was, when I was doing mixed martial arts, I had to work with sponsors and it was before social media was really king. Like nobody really cared. If I told someone back then I had a Facebook following, I would have been laughed at. People have been like, oh, sure. that's cute. You know, like no one cared. They're like, how many tickets do you sell for the show? That's all we care about. Like how many people show up physically to watch your fights? It's all they cared about. So, you know, I learned how to work with sponsors the hard way, like how to actually create returns when social media wasn't even involved. That I think prepared me more for what I do now than anything um, because social media isn't reliable. So it's physical returns that matter the most. But my marketing background taught me, you know, for 13 years I did promotional marketing and I worked with clients like Eminem and Kid Rock and Chrysler and GM and breweries and hospitals and schools. And I it's such a diverse client list. So I got to learn how to like how to watch marketing trends in music and entertainment and in hospitals and medical industries and auto industries. I got to learn like these really cool promotional trends on how to promote products in each, you know, when things changed. So all of that stuff together, I think, helped me do what I do right now. You know, it's kind of a culmination of everything I've done between sales and marketing and management and entrepreneurship. Everything in my life kind of came together to do what I do now. It wasn't just one specific thing. Right on, right on. So let's let's dive into it, man. So so all right, let's let's talk to me like like I'm I'm newer in this game. I come to you and I'm like, Mike, I think I want to pursue my fishing dreams. Where do I start? Like, how do I? What what should I do? Where should I start? And what should I be focused on the most of? Well, first and foremost, I would say hang out with better fishermen than the one next to you. Um, that's the okay. First step. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> you can't leave. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm gonna go. I, I, I'm gonna go get a beer. I'll see you guys in a bit. I miss you, Jay. right now. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> I miss you, Jay. I haven't talked to you in forever, man. <laughs> I wish the feelings were mutual. <laughs> oh, jeez! Wow! Ouch. Wow! Oh. <laughs> I was like, when I heard you were on, I was like, oh, again? Yeah. It's like, Jesus, you know? You know, I love you, Jay, and you can fight it all you want, but I love you. Yeah, see? Um, uh, anyway, everybody. yeah, all the guys resist for a little bit, you know? Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, anyway, so my first thing that I always tell people, I get that question more than anything. Um, they, they always say, how do I start? And that's the number one question I get, and... Um, I wish I had a nickel for every time I'd be rich or I wouldn't have to work. It'd be nice. Um, yeah. but my first thing I always tell people is start a plan, um, like actually a physical plan, like not just like in your head go, I want to do this. And this works in any industry, I guess, or any part of anything. When you're chasing a dream or a goal or anything, the best way to actually attack it is to make sure it's attainable, achievable, and realistic. And if your goal is to be a professional fisherman, um, you need to sit down and be honest with yourself. Like, do I have what it takes to actually, you know, push this and write down a plan? Like, how am I going to do this? What are other people doing that I look up to? What are my influences and what are they doing and how can I do it differently than them? And how can I learn from them, but still do something completely unique and different that can build something different? You know, if you're trying to copy someone else, you can only get so far before people see through it. And then you run out of ideas to copy. Like eventually you have to be original. So you might as well start at the beginning. You know, you might as well start from the start and be like, what can I do differently? And that's what I did too. Like when I started out, there was only like, you know, two or three people that were doing fishing and making a living anywhere in the industry, in the kayak world, at least. Um, you know, there was the Chad Hoovers and uh, Robert Field and Gene Jensen. Um, those yep. three were like the only ones that were doing, but none of them were doing what I wanted to do. They were just doing like, they were making a living fishing and that, that part I wanted. Um, so I kind of, looked at all three of those guys as mentors. You know, I filmed episodes with all three of them uh, multiple times. I've worked with all three of them many times. Um, Robert Field in particular, I actually used to sit on the phone with for hours just going over my videos and him just tearing them apart, like in a good way, but telling me what to do better and how to change this and do this and how to film things better. And, you know, it helped me so much. But I took a little bit from everybody that I liked and said, cool, how can I make this better? How can I make my own version that I want, what I want to do but I got to learn, you know what I mean? 
So the first thing you need to do is is come up with a plan, and then you got to make sure it's attainable, achievable, and realistic. So if I said in the very beginning I wanted to have a national cable TV show, I wouldn't have made it because I, that was such a far a far goal from where I started. It, it took me five years to achieve it, you know, so four years to achieve it. So attainable and achievable goal was to start a YouTube channel, to get sponsors, to have, to be able to not have to pay to go fishing first um, and kind of create a brand, but not around myself. You know, like my name is usually never attached to Basquatch Hunter TV. Um, you know, you, you don't really hear about Mike McKinstry as much as you hear about Basquatch, you know? And that sure. was the, that was my business plan from day one is I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about the adventure and the sport. And that's something you have to decide in the very beginning, like entry, like first thing you do. Are you doing tournaments? Are you going to host a show? Are you going to try to be a YouTube influencer? Um, like what avenue are you going to are you going to go down? And you have to commit to that and, and just really follow your business plan and really stick to it. No matter what obstacles come your way or no matter how many times you get told no, no matter how tough things get, if you stick to your plan, then you can grow from it. You know, you can't build a pyramid with no foundation. You know what I mean? So you've got to build a foundation to get to the top. So that's my best advice I give anybody from the start. I, I totally agree 100%. I mean, like, when we started paddling Finn, like, it wasn't, you know, I didn't want my name attached to it. So I could relate to that. It was it was more, hey, this is paddling Finn. Brian's over here doing his own thing, you know, I've tried to keep those two things separate, mm -hmm. especially now because, you know, we got so many people involved, so many different segments, things like that. It's not, it's not just the quote unquote Brian show. So I totally get where you're coming from there, man. So like, obviously, you know, you build a foundation, you, you kind of hone in on, you know, what your niche is going to be, whether that's tournament fishing, uh, doing a podcast, doing a YouTube channel, you know, so on and so forth. Like, when do you feel it's like, okay, now I, when, when do you kind of draw that line? Like, all right, now I'm, I'm established. So to speak. I don't, I don't think you ever draw that line to be honest with you. Um, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer on never achieving a goal. And it's funny, like I used to teach sales classes and I used to say that line all the time. Like, never achieve your goals and people would always be like what like it sounds so counterproductive but the way i mean that is if you draw a line or you set a goal all you're doing is setting like a plateau for yourself sure. if you set a goal like the first thing you do when you achieve any goal is you take a breath you're like ah whew. yeah right, like, right, right. like if you climb a hill when you get to the top you're like holy crap that was hard like you look back and see what you just did and like that was hard blah blah but you take a break, you rest because you feel like you achieved something. And I'm against that, man. And, and my whole world of entrepreneurship and marketing and sales, if I would have taken a break, I would have made it in any industry. And, you know, if you, if you draw a line saying, this is like, now I establish myself, you're, no matter what you do, your brain is going to automatically take a step backwards and go, okay, cool. I can take a break now. Like now I achieved something. I always move the goalpost, you know, and, and I don't do that by taking my goal and just make it hard to reach. I set miniature goals. Like my first goal was to start a YouTube channel. I mean, that takes what, 30 minutes. So that sure. goal is pretty easy to beat. So once I did that, then I was like, cool. Now my goal is this. And now my goal is now I'm going to, I want a hundred subscribers. Now I want a thousand subscribers. And I kept on setting attainable, achievable and realistic goals that I could meet, but I had to work for them. They weren't like, I want to walk across the room. Like you don't got to work for that, but I <laughs> wanted to achieve something. But when I achieved it, I already had the next three, the next three goals lined up that I was going to set ahead of that. So it's more of a, you know, it's more of, I set launch pads instead of goals. So when I get to this point, I'm going to launch, I'm going to use this to launch myself to this point. And I look at it like visually, cause I'm a very visual person. So visually I look at it like climbing Mount Everest. Mount Everest does not look like this um, in real life. Mount Everest sure. is like, is like this, like yep. there's parts that you go down and go up. Like it's just, it's crazy. And you know, as long as you anchor in your line at each point, when you fall backwards at all, you're only going down a few feet and then you get to go back up again and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I look at building the brand and in any industry, let alone this industry. But um, you just got to be really careful when you you set your anchor points, you know, like get, starting a YouTube channel. That's an anchor point. You really can't lose a YouTube channel. You can just not grow it so you can build from it. But you already accomplished the YouTube channel. Once you get a thousand subscribers, you're most likely not going to lose all your subscribers. You're only going to grow, hopefully. 
So once you hit your goal of a thousand subscribers, then you're like, cool, I didn't achieve anything. I just got one of my goals. Now my next one is 2000. The next one is, you know, it's like playing chess instead of checkers, you know, plan seven moves ahead. So when you hit one move, that's only because you're ready to make the next move. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, you always got to look at things, especially, you know, like from a business perspective or, you know, like what we're talking about now, have like a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, and a 10-year plan. And in between that, you know, three, five, and 10-year plan are probably going to change a little bit as time goes on, right? But you always got to be looking ahead and focused on, on the future, instead of being stuck in the present or the past. Absolutely. And that's the thing too, is you never, you know, in race car driving, they always have that, that joke kind of joke slash theory where you don't need a rear view mirror because you don't look behind you. Um, sure. And, and it's, it's the truth in, in, in life in general is if you're looking behind you and trying to see who's going to catch you or trying to see what you just did or have done in the past, you're not going to be able to focus on what's in front of you and moving forward. And, you know, I'm a very, uh, a very unidirectional person like i have to keep on moving forward like i see all these obstacles around me and i overcome them as quick as possible just to keep on going forward and i know if there's things behind me i have to address eventually i'm going to have to address them but you know if you keep on moving forward and keep on pushing yourself you know it's kind of amazing what people can do you know if you would have asked me five years ago if i'd be doing what i'm doing now i would have kind of laughed at you and been like no there's no way like i can't do that in five years like there's no way my five-year plan did not involve having a tv show that's doing as well as mine's doing right now. My five-year plan was to have my YouTube channel do that sure. do that well, you know? So like you said, your five-year plan. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Kind of change, but my, my five-year plan was still to be able to make my channel, my YouTube channel, big enough where I can make a living off of it and help others make a living off of it and, you know, just grow it. Um, it just kind of took a little bit of a, you know, path turn from YouTube to TV, um, but it's still the same goal. You know what I mean? So sure, it's important to have your, you know, one year, five year, but your micro goals that you can achieve every day are more important. You know, I make a to-do list um, kind of like this one right here. This is one of my to-do list right here. I keep post-it notes all over my house with like five or six items on them. Um, that I have to get done. I have a dry erase board in my fridge that does the same thing. I have a phone calendar where I put meetings and appointments and stuff like that. So I have all these goals every day. And it sounds stupid, but just getting through those lists are me achieving goals. And then I make a new list. As soon as I'm done with that one, I make a new one. And those little teeny goals are my daily goals. Then I have weekly goals and I have monthly goals. And I have, with the show especially, we have bi-monthly or you know, quarterly goals that we're trying to hit. Um, so my five-year plan is such a big you know, it's 15 chess moves away already is my five-year plan. I'm conquering my day and then conquering tomorrow and then conquering next week. And those are all achievements, but I'm never going to stop and go, I made it. You know, like I got through this week. Now I'm good. I'm like, no, I got through this week so I can get ready for next week. So it's, it's important when you set a goal and you achieve it, all you're doing is setting yourself up for a better shot at achieving your next goal. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, if you sure, think sure, about sure. it like, you think about it like a relay race. If your first runner is slow, then the second runner is going to be behind automatically. If right. your first runner is fast, then the second runner, even if they're not the fastest runner, the second runner is automatically going to have a head start. So the better you do achieving your micro goals, they're all leading you up to give you a head start for the bigger goals. So they're all launch pads. You know, it's kind of like in Sonic the Hedgehog, the old video game, when you're going in the map and you see like the little arrows and it makes you go faster, like a launch yep. point. You wanted to purposely hit those because it slingshots you to the next the next checkpoint faster so you don't run out of time. That's kind of how I look at structuring a business is you want to find not plateaus, but you want to find launch points where you can be like, oh, if I go this way, I can hit the little speed arrows and it'll slingshot me. So if I do fail, if I make a mistake and I go backwards a little bit, I'm going to be going 100 miles an hour this way already. So if I go backwards, I'm still going to be further ahead than I am now. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, so it's important when- to set those. Yeah, and I mean, and really what you're talking about is like there's a psychological aspect where you're promoting the positivity of progression 
which keeps the wheels rolling. I mean, because if you, you know, <clears throat> as you move forward, there's always going to be a couple steps back, you know, along the way, a couple obstacles you can't get. Well, not once they get around, but that will stop you abruptly. Then you got to find a way around them by still keeping that the psychological aspect of, a, of being positive. You can still keep to your plan and move forward with whatever you're doing. And I, I believe that's really the basis of everything. That's what the, the small incremental things that you're doing on your post-its. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Because yeah. This is for people, too, that are depressed. Yeah, like if, sure. you, if you need, I mean, if you're depressed, you really need to kind of get, you know, your stuff together and kind of just make these little achievable goals and build from there and just start moving forward. And again, as all you guys have said, set things a little further out and a little further out and a little further out and then build on there. Um, and to your point, go beyond those, like never just leave it as like, this is the goal. Like, this is it. This is as far as we need to go. You put something a little further past that. Once you, you know, achieve something a little bit like more in the back as you move yeah. forward. So it's kind of like checkpoints versus a finish line, you know? Sure. Yeah. So a checkpoint gives me a point where I, it's kind of like a video game of checkpoint means if you fail, you go back to your last save point. And I try to create as many of those. Like if I lose a sponsor for some reason, you know, this just happened recently where a sponsor, um, because of the climate in the world right now, they ended up not being able to stay in business and they're starting to, you know, um, you know, liquidate a little bit and downsize mm -hmm. and uh if that happens i create checkpoints in my career so that way that doesn't ruin my career or devastate my career i make checkpoints where i'm like cool i went up here now this one drops down i'm all right and now i'm gonna move over here and find that speed ramp to get back further than i was before i went back you know what i mean so it's all playing chess and that's that's a big part of it and it's funny you mentioned that people with depression have to find daily checkpoints because that's exactly where I established this whole system I have is through my depression and anxiety that I've had my whole life. And, you know, all the therapists and psychologists and stuff when I was a kid, that's kind of how I learned how to deal with it was I can get through my days if I have checkpoints, you know, mm -hmm. if I know I have things to achieve, I have to keep on going, you know, no yeah. matter how depressed I get, I'm like, yeah, but life sucks right now, but I have this list of things to do. So I'll deal with that later. You know, like sure. this list has to get done or else my anxiety is going to kick in because I know mm -hmm. I have things to do. So, you know, in people with, with, with severe depression and, you know, high energy anxiety, like I have, they, you completely understand if you have a to-do list to do, but you're depressed, you don't want to do anything because you're depressed. But if you don't mm -hmm. do anything, your anxiety kicks in because you have things to do. So that's what motivates me to always do these checklists every day, because I know that even if I get a weird speed bump during the day where I'm just like, man, like I'm just not feeling it. Like something hits me hard. I'm like, yeah, but there's this to-do list kind of staring at me in the face right now. Like, let me focus on that. And then by the time I'm done with two more tasks, I forget whatever was depressing me. You know what I mean? Yep. Sure. So, Agreed. But that's Agreed. how I started yeah. the whole format is because that's how I survived my days. Like it really was, is I, I'm the busiest person that most people meet no matter what I'm doing. And if I have spare time, I fill it with hobbies. Like I'm playing hockey tonight. Um, mm -hmm. I'm working on music tomorrow morning and I'm helping my friend move again tomorrow and then editing tomorrow night. And like, I find hobbies and to fill every little void of my life. So I never have a downtime. Uh, downtime to me is, you know, even, even when I shower my phone, I have phone holders in both ends of my shower that I'll sit there and answer emails and I'll like make social media posts. Like I, it's wasted time to me if I'm not working. And sure, Mike, you're using it for email. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> You know, stay on track, stay on track, stay on no track. one needs, no one needs to know when me and you FaceTime. Okay. Um, stay on track. Oh my God. Stay so, on track. But no, anyway, the point was, is, you know, I try to stay busy and try to accomplish my goals and I don't like downtime. I don't sleep that often. I, I sleep the required amount. That's pretty much it. Um, you know, if I'm lucky and then I, I fill up as much time as I can with, with small goals, no matter what it is and, and achievements. That way, if I do something productive for the day, I can feel good about it and I'm better than I was yesterday. Like if I achieved something today, then I know that I'm in a better spot or did something more positive or I had something to contribute each day. You know, whether it's to my life or your life or someone else's life, I'm contributing to something every single day because it makes me a one step better than I was yesterday. You know, sure. whether it's my own personal, um, my own personal career or if I'm helping somebody else with their career or, you know, buying someone groceries or doing anything to help somebody, I make sure I make progress every single day. And it, it, it's good to be on track like that because when you're starting out in the industry, especially the fishing industry or any kind of outdoor industry, it's just super like, you know, there's not a lot of money in, in fishing. Um, fishing companies aren't, you know, 
aren't rich. 99% of the fishing companies are all small companies independently owned. There's that 1% that are the big conglomerates, and there's only like five of them or four of them that own all the big ones. Sure. And, uh, you know, when you're trying to work with all these little companies and stuff like that, like you really have to like, you know, you got to grind, man. You got to really work. So in this industry, especially like I was saying, if if you set us a, a pattern where you can just achieve something every day, Every day I go through at least five or five to six things on my to-do list on every to-do list I have. And if I don't get everything done, I don't have to feel bad about it because I know that I just grinded all day today. And that's what it takes. And, it, and it's really, really a lot more work than people think. Yeah. You know, when I had my, my last intern, um, he worked with me for 16 months. And I remember the first few months, he would used to just stare at me and he's like, dude, I had no idea this is what goes into, like, you're not, you haven't even fished all week and this is what you do all week? Like, this is crazy. And I was like, yeah, because this, I have to work this hard because I set goals five years ago where I have to achieve these things. And if I don't, someone else will. And if I don't keep up, then all these small little brands that don't have huge budgets have to pick and choose where they spend their money. I need to make sure I'm one of those options at all times. And if I stop and breathe and go, I made it, someone else is going to not do that. You know what I mean? And sure. it's not that it's that competitive really, because at the end of the day, we're all helping each other. That's the way I like to look at it at least. And everyone's doing their own thing. Nobody's the same. You know, nobody's copying anybody. Like me and you both have podcasts, but we're not competing with each other in any way whatsoever. We both have different things to offer. Sure. So I'm not saying that someone else will do it like they're going to take my spot. I'm just saying that these brands don't have crazy budgets to spend on everybody. So they have right. to pick and choose. And I want to make sure I'm the least in the conversation. And by doing that, I have to stay working. So when you first start out setting those goals, those micro goals are, are the most achievable, attainable, realistic goals are the most important thing you could possibly do. Just like you in the podcast, when you guys started the podcast, what was your original goal with it? Was your original goal to be, I want to be the biggest fishing podcast in the world. And I want to do, I want to be on all these platforms. I want to be in waypoint. I want to do all these things. Or was it, I just want to get the podcast going first and see what happens. Yeah. There, there was no goal in mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of like, you know? I mean, there's so many different avenues, right? I mean, I mean, the sky is really the limit, right? Because, I mean, there's really no uh, template to follow. So you kind of have to create your own future, so to speak. But you're also reliant to some extent on your, I guess, your audience and some of your, your content. Sure. You know, what you, can prov what you can provide and what's the next step and what's, you know, what's logical, what's, you know, I mean... I think we've all kind of overreached at one point and you're like, Oh, I got to pull that back a little bit. Sure. You know, that's a little too much for right now. You know, um, you know, I mean, and I, I think the biggest thing is just to kind of, I mean, you know, ultimately people are going to listen to you because of you. Right. Sure. Right. Like right. they're going to identify with like, they may not like, you know, Mike, but uh, they may like Brian and they may not like me or they might like me or, you know what I mean? So it's yeah, like people right. are going to attach to the person. I think that's talking. And you know, I think if you're real, at that point, you know, people are going to like uh, look to you for more uh, insight and then stand by you longer and then allow you that freedom to kind of just do whatever you want. You know, it's kind of sure. like, like our show, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's unscripted in the sense yeah, right. of, yeah, there's kind of like parameters we stick around. But right. sometimes it goes like, you know, we could start off with fishing and be talking about taxes. Yeah, you know right, right, I mean, right. it's, yeah. you know, it's like, but right. again, it's yeah, I mean, it's. So what's your guys' goal? So um, not, I'm not trying to flip the interview around here, but like, what's your guys' goal with the podcast? Like, what's your overall, like, do you guys have like an overall, not like a finish line, obviously, but do you have a achievable, attainable, realistic goal that you're trying to hit with it as far as how many downloads or, you know, getting certain guests on here you haven't had yet? Or, you know, what's like, what's a, what's like the next achievable, attainable goal you guys have? I can't share that with you, Mike. That's secret. That's secret squirrel well, stuff. Well, what's dude. what's a non-secret one? Like, <laughs> like, no, just like, is it is it a certain amount of downloads? Is that like a goal you have? Where like, no, oh, like the number numbers hasn't really ever been like a thing. Like, it's cool when you hit that milestone. You know what I mean? Like, like we're coming up on a half million downloads, which is pretty cool, dude. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right, cool, like. Mm -hmm half mil in like three and a half years not too shabby you know no that's great um man. i think i think our biggest goal is just to continue to grow and continue to 
provide as much content as possible. Like that's always been our focus, you know, is just just continued growth and evolution and just producing as much entertainment out there as possible. You yeah. Know what I mean? so, yeah. And I'll agree with that. I mean, the, the biggest thing was to kind of give everybody a voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, to kind of re- try to reach like every kind of person in fishing and hunting for that matter. But I mean, kind of just, uh, you know, I mean, as you can see from, you know, all the segments, they all do, they all offer something different, um, you know, with the person, the culture, you know, the sex, you know, whatever. I mean, like we, we want to like make sure that, you know, everybody's covered, you know, it's, we, yeah. <clears throat> I guess that's the biggest thing. It's, it's more of like, I, it's, I hate to use this word, but like it's more of an inclusion thing. Just to let everybody know, like it's out there. Like yeah, I mean, right, this right. this isn't just to like you know the the country boys, you know that are fishing out there, you know, or the you know the river rats. I mean, there's a lot more going on on the water. Um, whether you're hardcore angler, tournament guy, or woman, bank fisherman, bank fisherman, or somebody weekend that, warrior, yeah, whatever. somebody likes to drink a couple beers, kick back enjoy the scenery you know the the wildlife yeah. i mean get a bobber wet yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i yeah. mean some people just need like that like there's a guy at my work he he really doesn't want to do anything except sit on the boat or on the bank and just throw a bobber a bobber in the water and kick back and drink a beer yeah he just wants to chill maybe have a barbecue you know but that for him that's like his sanctuary that's the way he feels the best you know so um we want like i guess that's the main goal is we want to like appeal to everybody but we want different like our, our different people do appeal to them. Um, and I mean, I don't know, like everybody that's on our podcast is, I mean, it's their show. So, yeah, right, right, right. you know, so, I mean, they get to do what they feel is right and to reach out. And that's really what the platform is about is to give people, you know, that um, flexibility. I mean, and like, and now we got Drew, right. And it's the same deal. You know, Drew's yeah. doing his thing, you know, I mean, and that's another aspect of it. And, you know, I guess he's probably Trump Dulce. He's like the heaviest hitter <laughs> at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, cool even... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, even no. still with Drew coming on, right? Like those guys aren't talking to like all the bit, like they are still mm-hmm. covering some of the big tournaments, you know, the Hobies, the KBFs, the Bass Opens. But they're talking to a lot of club guys. Yeah. You know, which I think is cool because you got some of those guys that maybe can't afford to go out on the road, mm-hmm. fish bigger tournaments and stuff like that. So they're fishing their local club and they get a win. And now they get to sit down and talk to to Drew Gregory. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's cool for some mm-hmm. people. You know, it'd be the same thing if you were on there, Mike. Like, oh, I get to talk to the Basquatch himself about like mm-hmm. how I went out and beat all my buddies this weekend. Like, I think that's kind of cool. You know, no, it is, and that's so. Well, I mean, the reason why I asked that question to you guys too is, well, one, I wanted to hear it too. I was curious. I've never actually asked you guys that question. Which I should have, because um, I'm just curious too. But also when you set a goal, so even if your goal is pretty vague like that, where it's a generalistic goal, where you're like, my goal is to grow, that's it. Mm-hmm. You don't have a pinpointed precision number, which is good, actually. It's very bad to set numbers. Sure. Um, it, it's When I used to teach kickboxing and self-defense, I had a lot of a lot of women that I coached, and their biggest thing was always weight loss. And it was self-defense and weight loss were the two biggest things I would teach them. And they always came to me with these goals where they'd be like, I want to weigh this much and I want to weigh, lose this much weight. And I would like, I always tell them like, look, setting specific numbers on weight is the worst thing you can do for yourself health wise, because set a goal for being healthy, set a goal for appearance. If you want to look healthier because muscle mass and fat mass weight are two totally different densities and weights. So if you go off weight alone, you're never going to be happy because you're going to gain weight by gaining muscle. And you're going to lose weight by losing muscle more than you are with fat. Fluctuating fat doesn't change much. But either way, so setting a specific number of goals is terrible to do. So if you told me your goal was to hit a million downloads, that to me, that says that you're going to take a breath when you hit a million downloads. 
mm-hmm. and you're only going after that a million download number where you're not going after the content behind it. But with you, you gave me a more of a vague answer, which is actually what I was hoping you would do because that's exactly sure. what I wanted to bring it back around to everybody else listening is if you're trying to set a goal, don't say your goal. When I said my goal was a thousand subs on YouTube originally, that was just one of my small goals to hit. My main goal was to grow my platform big enough where I could do this for a living and reach more people and have a bigger audience to be able to impact. That was my goal and still is my goal. It always will be my goal. But by having a goal that's that general, you can set these little teeny micro goals. Like if you want to hit 700,000 um, downloads or a million downloads, that's still a goal, but it's not your main focus. So when you achieve it, you're like, you're not going to be like, oh, whew, I made it. You're going to go, cool, that's out of the way. Now let's go to 2 million, but we're still growing. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah. by setting that generalistic goal, people always think they have to have these like, like when you create a business plan for like, a bar like when i bought a bar i was 25 years old and i made a business plan this thing was like a binder i was like this is my plan nothing went to plan and i freaked out because i i never owned a bar before and i didn't realize all these unpredictable things that could happen that did happen and all of a sudden these all my pages made no sense and i was like oh crap now i'm off track what do i do if i would have went in there and been like all right my goal is to not not fail you know my goal is to grow the business and make sure all my employees (laughs) I would have achieved that easily and been like, I'm on track, everything's good. So like having a general goal of growth, you want to grow, that's it. I want to grow, I want to be able to reach more people, I want to be able to give people mm-hmm. a platform where they can feel like they're welcome or where they're from. That's a bad, awesome, I was gonna say bad A word, but awesome goal um, because you can achieve it every day. You know what I mean? Sure, like sure. Every single day that you grow, which is every day you're doing something with the podcast, you're right. achieving your goal every day. You're never yep. going to stop because you're never going to have a plateau because you're not setting a number. You're not setting a certain thing. You're just saying, I want to grow every day. I want to make an impact every day. And and that's what, I, that's what I wanted to let people know is you don't have to have like, I want 5,000 subs on YouTube. And until I get that, I haven't made it yet. No, you made it the day you started a YouTube channel. Now make yep. it bigger. Now I'll keep yep. on making mm-hmm. it bigger. And, and it's funny because people look at my social numbers and kind of like they get surprised because my social numbers aren't that great. Like I got, you know, 4,000 and something followers on YouTube and Instagram or Instagram, I think it's like 17 or 18,000, but um, they're not that big. And people are always kind of surprised. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm growing every day. My numbers are always going up, but my TV show, what I focus all of my attention on, those numbers are what I really care about. And those went up. You know, we're over 3 million viewers now on the show in, our, in less than 12 months of airtime. Our 12 months, um, our first 12 months of airtime ends in September. The end of September will be 12 months on the air. And by then, we should be pretty darn close to 3.5 million viewers. That wasn't a goal of mine. My goal was to keep on growing. So if sure. we get 3 million, 4 million, I'm not going to feel like I made it or achieved anything. I'm going to say, good, we grew. Now, next mm-hmm. season, we're going to keep that up. And, and it's important because people like me, I'm super competitive. Um, I need to like, I need to be good at what I'm doing or I won't be okay with it. And if I set these goals that were like, I need to hit 4 million viewers my first 12 months, what if I don't hit it, then what? I'm gonna beat myself up like crazy. I'm gonna question everything I'm doing. I'm gonna start going back and resorting back to my anxiety and depression and start figuring out what did I do wrong. But if I just say I wanna grow, I'm growing every day I'm doing something. Every day I'm doing something to impact my my platform impact my followers my supporters any any time i'm doing something positive with my brand i'm achieving my goal as we speak you know what i mean by being on here with you guys and trying to share some advice with people and give people a different outlook on how to start this career i'm i'm doing something positive so in my opinion i am achieving my goal right now as we speak and it's it's important to look at it that way and i was gonna say i mean largely this is you know you as an individual it's about self-improvement like with you know your brand right yeah, so absolutely. you're trying to put out the, the best thing you can every time you put something out. And that's really what you should be concentrating on because everything comes naturally with that. You will get your audience. Um, you don't have to pander or, um, you know, deliberately reach out to certain groups or people um, yeah. that'll all come with the, you know, being genuine and just putting forth, you know, just or just, you know, uh, you know, your best effort, um, you know, and just being there for, I mean, 
I mean, like, I don't know. I guess to kind of round us out, like, I, I think we just enjoy helping people because we both yeah. get hit by PMs. Um, you know, there's emails that come through, and that's what's the cool thing is that you got people that are listening out there that, you know, they don't have anybody to talk to about it, or maybe not as knowledgeable, or maybe, you know, maybe they're just using you as a of a group of people, but whatever. You're hand, you know, you're giving them information, and they're growing. Well, that. I think you hit on something real key there, like like the whole pandering thing and and natural growth, right? Like when we first started, it wasn't like we were going on every single group page, like sharing mm -hmm. every podcast or anything like that. We would post it on our personal pages, you know what I mean? And then it slowly grew from there. And then like, you know, as we had more segments come on, those guys would share it on their personal pages and so on and so forth. And it's, it's that natural growth. You know what I mean? I think if if you try going that other route, you kind of cheat yourself. You know what I mean? Where you're where, where you're buying subs or mm -hmm. you know just just uh, plast plastering your YouTube videos or your mm -hmm. whatever on on gr every single group page out there. Like one here and there is not bad. You know, but well, you're I've almost seen... taking yourself backwards when you do that though. Yeah, right, right. right. And, and, and people don't see that at first, but like I've seen people who buy followers like youtube's uh followers and stuff like that oh sure, and, yeah. and it's funny because what happens is one youtube catches on they're not stupid youtube catches on and shuts you down two they take away all those followers like i've seen it happen there's actually a pretty big dude on youtube in the fishing world i won't drop it because it's not my place to drop it but um at one point in his career this is like three or four years ago um he or as he said someone else but someone bought a bunch of followers for him or he did whatever happened youtube caught on to it took away even more followers than what was supposedly bought so he went backwards way further and then they gave him a strike on his account like it mm -hmm. could have actually they could have actually shut out his whole account if they wanted to not only that but here's the other side part this this person when they're working with brands those brands were getting zero return from any promotions because their followers weren't real so they were getting no love from sponsors. They were giving no return, no positive track record. They were in risk of losing everything they worked for. Um, and people saw through it. People started catching on to it. And they're like, hey, man, that's weird. Like, you know, they started noticing like these weird, irregular, irregular things on their channel. And I remember this dude was telling me about it. And it's like all that does. All, and, and this guy would also plaster every fishing group you'd see his video every time a youtube video came out it'd be you'd see get five notifications from every group he belonged in you know what i mean yep. so people were just like oh unfollow unsubscribe like get and it's like the best way to do this and and i'll admit too when i first started i didn't know anything i hashtagged the crap out of every picture with every brand i liked and people got yep. turned off by it and i learned the hard way you know i got a lot of haters in the beginning because i came out so big and so loud and in everyone's face and everyone's like who the hell is this dude he just started We've been doing this for five years. He just started and now he's in our face. Like he's going to be somebody F you dude. And I, and I had to fight that a lot because I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I like, I had no idea. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to be like, Hey guys, check out what I'm doing. Isn't that cool? Nobody thought it was cool. So I took a step back and said, you know what? I'm just going to keep on doing me and produce good content and try to help others and promote what I want. Mm -hmm. It might take a few years, which it did, but people will just know people will just catch on to it. So now it's funny when people say, going back to what I was saying earlier, people look at my socials and go, you only have like 4,500 subs on YouTube, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, but guess what? Every 4,500 of those, every individual person, I worked for. I worked sure. really hard to get them and keep them. And if I post a video about something, I get feedback immediately. Like I, my crowd is small but mighty. And that's way more important. If you have 200,000 subs on YouTube, it means nothing if you can't produce any content that matters. It means nothing if you can't benefit yourself or the sport or the industry or sponsors or you don't benefit anybody from your content. You're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. And if those likes matter that much to you, cool, but you're not really accomplishing anything. And, yeah. and, and honestly, you're not giving brands a return on their investment either. So you're not going to actually be able to grow. And, and I don't look at so when I look at people in this industry to look up to, I don't look at people who have the most subs or the most likes or the most popular anything. I look at people who provide the content that actually the helps people. It, well, not only the content, but it's the content of the character of the person that's doing the content. Mm -hmm. Because if that person's doing good content, but they're doing it just because they want to grow their channel or because they just want to 
make money or do this. Like that's still, that's hollow to me. I look at the people, mm-hmm. most of the people I look up to in this industry, it's funny, have smaller followings than I do even, or smaller followings than you'd ever expect at least, but they do it for the right reasons. And what they're doing is actually creating something positive that people can learn from or, or take something away from it, you know, or I even take away from it. Like some of the guys I follow on YouTube, even the non-fishing related ones, people probably never heard of them, but they do sure. really inspirational stuff that just hits me and makes me motivated and makes me want to do better. It makes me want to do more. And mm-hmm. I listen to people on, on podcasts and stuff all the time that literally have 20 views. You know, they're like, nobody knows who they are yet. And I don't care about that. I don't listen to a podcast because of how busy they are, or I don't listen to a YouTuber because of how many views they have. I go for content of the person behind the camera. Um, because that's what really matters, you know? And that's what I kind of geared my brand towards because I want people to know I'm not doing this for views. I'm not doing this to get you to go fishing necessarily. I'm getting, I'm doing what I do to get you to go out and experience life. Get out and take it, take a risk, you know, follow your adventure. Don't care about money. Don't care about possessions. Those things don't matter. They don't go with you at the end. Care about what you're doing every day as an impact. Care about what you're doing for the community. Care about what you're actually providing people. Are you giving content that's gonna motivate them to be better people? and go have fun and experience life or you're giving them content that's going to make them watch it so you get more money you know there's there's a lot of different avenues in that too you know a lot of different fingers in that one since we're talking about you know about content like what do you think uh so youtube right or even a podcast let's go with both um what do you think the proper not proper what do you think the the frequency should be if you want to be out there, you know, like pushing your brand, um, trying to, you know, basically just get seen and be heard. Um, like how many you know, videos, like how often you should do videos? Yeah. What do you think the frequency should be? You know, like what so do you think it, you should start off with? This is just an opinion, obviously, because everything's different. But I, my opinion comes from a lot of um, like YouTube content creator forums that I'm a part of. And I watch a lot of like, it sounds ridiculous, but I'll spend three or four hours in the middle of the night listening to someone speak about content creation, like a a TED talk kind of thing, because I think it's fascinating how there's algorithms, there's, there's mathematical stuff behind all of it. But at the same time, it's everyone's opinion is different. It's, it's, it's all what you want to do. There's streaming, um, gaming streamers that I watch that have a gaming channel that posts seven days a week, no matter what. And that could work for this guy and not work for this guy. At the end yeah. of the day, it's 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 the person behind the camera, not the content. Like I said, it's the content of the character of the person, not the content the person's creating. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So I think the happy spot is twice a week. And that's in the fishing industry um, because people get burned out. There's only so much you can watch. There's only so much you can see of the same person doing stuff where after a while you're like, yeah, I'll watch if it's every day, I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll watch Thursdays. I'll watch Fridays. It doesn't like I missed today's. What would he do? Tomorrow's almost the same thing. If you give, you give too much, people decide not to want anything at all. If you give too little, then people don't get what they want. So the happy spot from what I've heard from other people, what I've learned on my end, if you can publish twice a week, that's enough for people to get their fix, but still want more and still want to wait for that content. It's kind of like your favorite sitcom on TV. It airs once a week, right? Your favorite sure. TV show. There's reruns, maybe depends what kind of show it is. Like my show airs four times a week even, but has one anchor spot. Like it airs once a week for the new spot. You're willing to wait a week to watch one episode again, usually for any show, like no matter what it is, whether you're watching Kardashians or you know whatever, everyone's willing to wait a week to see what happens next. That doesn't change on YouTube. The difference with YouTube is it's shorter content. So mm-hmm. instead of doing a 25 minute episode once a week, you can do two 12 minute videos in one week and that gives people the same fix, but then it's more frequent. If you do three or four, people literally tend to turn off a little bit and they're like, ah, I'll watch tomorrow. You know? So I would say, um, Tuesday, Thursday posts is, you know, what I always tell people, Tuesday, Thursday posts, um, 
you know, later in the day, you know, get that after work crowd, get the, you know, people are settling down and sitting down more often later in the day, put your content out there, but make sure what you're putting out there isn't you just holding your phone, doing a YouTube video, talking about what you feel like for the day. That's not putting out anything that's going to show your character. That's not putting out something that's going to catch people. That's just you putting content so you could fill a spot. You know what I mean? Put yeah. up quality content. Like, I'm not saying you have to be a master editor or have $20,000 cameras. You can use your cell phone, edit on your phone, use your phone camera. If you have a smartphone, you have something at your fingertips that you can make amazing content with. But make content that has, you know, substance to it that people can take something from. And they're going to connect with you and they're going to want to see your next episode. They're going to want to see the next thing you do. And that's how you get them in. That's how you grow your base is make people connect with you and make them realize that this is me and who I am. I'm not a different person on YouTube than I am in person, you know, and Jay, like you've met, like you've stayed at my house, like you, we know each other personally, mm -hmm. you know, I'm now different right now than I am on my show versus when I am at three in the morning at my house. Like, yeah, literally you know, three in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. Like, this honestly, dude like stays up so late. It's real crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, dude, I told you, I told you in the beginning of this interview, dude, sleep is wasted time to me, man. And it's hard yeah. to get around that because I know I need to sleep. It's healthy. Like I need to, but I have anxiety attacks before I go to sleep every night because I'm like, why am I laying down in bed? I have things, This I have a to-do list. Like, I could be doing all these things right now. My phone doesn't ring at, at, during the night as much. My social media gets quiet during the night. The world kind of gets a little bit quieter at nighttime so I can focus. So, um, but that's when I work a lot is at three in the morning. But you know I'm the same dude 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. That's so what's we really important. Yeah, exactly. You, you should always be yourself. I mean, like, you know, we, we've always. But if you do good content where you're guys. showing that, people relate to it, though. You know, sure. people will be like, you know, to be all honest with you guys, I watch your podcast because of YouTube. I don't watch your podcast because of whoever's oh. on. Um, I don't like. Let's be honest. It's me, Mike. I mean, I don't want to make Jay upset. You know, me and okay. I have a history. Hey, so, true, true. Um, you know, I got to let him down soft, you know. <laughs> um, so. I, I literally watch your podcast because I want to hear what Brian and Jay are going to talk about next. Not because I care about the content of your topic, but the character of you two really shows through in your conversations. And, you know, like I know Jay a little bit better than I know you, Brian, obviously, but sure. I know Jay is the same dude all the time too. And I like just see, it's like, it's like Adam Sandler. You either love him or you hate him, but Adam Sandler is the most relatable comedic actor in my opinion because he is the same dude in every movie like you feel like mm -hmm. like anybody who's seen more than one adam sandler movie feels like you actually know who he is in real life and he sure. could be the opposite he could be the biggest jerk in the world in real life and you wouldn't expect it i've heard the opposite i've heard he's a great dude i've heard he's the same guy and because he is that personality all the time consistently in all of his content no matter where you see him you kind of feel like you know him. You feel like you like can relate to him. You could feel like, like I could tell you right now that Adam Sandler is probably a huge fan of the Boston Bruins. He's probably a huge fan of basketball. Um, you know, I can tell you his probably what he wears most of the time is gym shorts because that's all I ever see him in. I don't know any of these things, but I'm telling you that I connect because I see him the same person all the time. With you guys, I see you guys be the same people no matter what you're doing, whether I see Jay at a trade show somewhere, whether I see you guys on a podcast. And to me, that's easy to connect to. And sure. I just want to see what, like Adam Sandler in any movie, he's the same character in a different situation. Every podcast, you guys are the same people in a different situation. And that's important when you produce <laughs> content on social media, on YouTube, on TV, whatever you're doing, is be the same person all the time. Have the content of your character be the most important content you're producing. That's the yeah. content you want to grow every day is the content within, not the content you're putting out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you should be personable. Very, I mean, very much so. But you know, and the thing that I think uh, a lot of people will have trouble with in the very beginning is that you don't know how to be, right? You want to be yourself and you think you're being yourself. Sure. But you're not being yourself. Right. <laughs> because you're, you are you have these pre-assumed ideas that you're trying to project. But in the end, it just all gets thrown on the floor because you really, in the, the natural occurrence of doing it, you become exactly who you are. Well, when the in most cases um and to your point that's what people are going to connect with like once you finally come through it's like a band right like a, a band when their first album is never going to be as good as their latest album mm -hmm. you know it's like you, you are just going to get better better and better well it depends um, though too because in that analogy i'm sorry to interrupt you but that analogy is important because when a band pushes, a, pushes their first album out 99 percent of the time their first album is sometimes their realest album too 
because it's before they get corrupted or before they get persuaded or before, you know, a lot changes. Like you look at a lot of the big bands from our generation in the 90s, their first album was almost always the best work possible because it was more of who they were before they got famous. It was more of who they, like, it's more of like what got, like look at Green Day, look at, you know, Green Day Dookie album, the first album was amazing. Yeah, Sweet yeah. 11's first album was unbeatable. Sublime's first yeah. album was absolutely magic. Nirvana's first album, you know, yeah. these bands, because they still were true to who they were that made them famous. That the, mm-hmm. the thing that made them catapult into the mainstream, they usually lose along the way. Like their newest stuff. Metallica but, is one of my favorite examples of that. Okay, but I will say this. You you brought up Green Day. Now, I, I was lucky enough to see Dookie out in Chicago. And I oh, just... God. Here we go. No, no, I'm just saying. And I just saw them at Wrigley Field you know, uh, like um, two weeks ago. Anyway, dude, they're freaking amazing. It's even better than Dookie. I mean, oh, like those, like they have like their their live show is amazing now. Like Billy Joe, man, he can bring everybody in. Point being is that you, you're talking like there is a little bit more of a negative connotation. I'm just trying to bring out like their growth. Um, I mean, they took punk rock and made it mainstream and people can say what they want. Like, oh, they're sellouts. Dude, they still I mean, it's just like anything, you know, people just fall into more of a melodic. Sure. You know. Uh, well, they do what's expected of them after a while. Like, so Green Day is a rare. So Green Day, ACDC, um, Aerosmith, like there's some bands that never had to evolve or change because what they had was so different and unique in the beginning where they don't have to do it. So mm-hmm. Green Day's catalog is insane. I mean, like mm-hmm. they have a hit on every album. You know what I mean? So like they didn't they didn't burn out. Where you look at like Sublime, I understand that the lead singer passed away before they even got famous, but Sublime's follow up albums were trash compared to the original. Um, and, and, I don't and, know about that. Bro. See, he's a big Sublime fan. So I'm a huge Sublime fan. <laughs> we're I'm gonna we're, we're gonna so, get in arguments here. Like I've seen Sublime <laughs> in Rome. That's how much of a fan. Like even oh, Sublime, he, Sublime with Rome, I've even seen live. Which I know most Sublime fans stopped listening to him when when they did Sublime with Rome. But yeah, like I'm a huge Sublime fan. Like, I was actually in a Sublime tribute band for a while. Like, we, we were called Garden Grove. It was the name of our band. If you're a Sublime fan, you know Garden Grove. Um, but um, some bands don't need to evolve. Sublime didn't evolve and change until then. Mm-hmm. Again, Sublime's another different category because the lead singer passed away before they even got famous. So once they got famous and started releasing other stuff, they had different singers. So well, and I think it's important to say too, like every situation is different. Wherever the angle, you know, like wherever everything is coming from, you know, you're you're gonna filter it. However, you're gonna filter it at that time you know, with whoever you're with and however you're feeling and whatever you're, you know, you're eating and taking it, but just in general, like knowledge and all that. Um, but I think in general, though, the more and more you do something, the better and better you're going to get at it and become more natural. You know, maybe music wasn't like the best example sure, of that. Sure, but sure, sure. When you're like but by you yourself. What got you started, though? That was right. no, no, of course not. If, if you lose your character. So a lot of musicians and actors have done this where they'll be this great person and, and really have the right idea in the beginning. And then once they get, you know, I guess it goes back to the very beginning of our conversation where you plateau and you set a goal where you're just like, Oh, I made it. Now I don't need to do anything anymore. I can just be, I can be this person. Now I could be the person that made it instead of the person that was grinding to make it. And sure. that's, that's, and it, and it happens in music more than I think in anything other industry. That's why I brought music up into it because I'm really music heavy in my life too. So you look at um, look at artists like uh, you know Eminem is a great example actually because Eminem had this weird period where what he was doing to get him to go like this he stopped doing at one point of his career and he stopped being who he was in the beginning and turned into somebody else and I've actually known um, or not I should say I know Eminem like personally I've met him quite a few times and he is not the person he was in the beginning i will openly say that he is not the person he was when he first started kid rock is another great example of that too um when i first met kid rock he was nobody he was coming to our shop printing his own shirts he didn't have any money like he was grinding and he was one of the nicest humblest people in the world and he is not that person anymore and that's the person and that's what i kind of mean with it is when you create content and you're creating the content inside of you that you're putting out like the content of your character is more important if you keep that true then the content mm-hmm. you're putting out will stay true if you do the opposite where you're like i don't care about my content and my character i just care about the content that i put out and i want people to like it that's all i care about i want the views i want the subs i want this that's all i care about then you're going to do what people like you know kid rock did um 
where you know i hope somehow magically kid rock doesn't see this i don't think it'll get on the radar i hope but <laughs> um but but for real though like that's what people do the wrong the wrong kind of content is they're focused more on the content that people see instead of the content that they're putting out from themselves and you lose who you were that got you the following like if i started doing videos that were just clickbait that's all they were I would lose all of my core followers and supporters because they are not my followers and supporters because I'm using clickbait titles and getting their attention or being like, look, 500 pound fish caught by world's strongest man. Watch this video. I'm just like, hey, check it out. It's fun. You might get inspired by watching my videos. And yeah. if I stay true to that, that's where my following will keep on being solid and growing. And that's kind of what I meant in the whole beginning of this whole thing to kind of bring it back a little bit was the content in, 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 of your character is way more of a priority than the content you're putting out on YouTube. And if you put out two videos a week and stay true to who you are, there's really no way you can't grow. I mean, you literally, there's no way. Like someone in the comments mentioned Greg Blanchard. And I think that's a great, a great example of this because yep. yeah. that dude does not have like the highest produced videos and he's not, you know, he's not clickbaiting you either. But his, it, it, it's like, I've never met the dude. Uh, actually, no, I think I have met him. Maybe, I, I don't know, and I feel bad because I, I don't remember if I have, but um, but that dude, I feel like I know him, you know, like just from watching his YouTube videos. They're very sure. real. They're very like, it's like I went out fishing with the dude by watching his video. That's right. exactly what I'm talking about is, you know, I spend so much more money on camera gear than he does and so much more money on, or time on editing. And, you know, I, I do so much more production than he does on his, and his videos are just as real and impactful as mine are, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, and that's important, you know, and, and when people are building this stuff too, just to get this back on topic before we have to end this here, when people are building themselves as a brand and they're starting out, the number one thing you need to do, once you get your plan in place, obviously, which path do you want to go? Do you want to be a tournament guy, a host, or an entertainer, or what path am I going to take so you can set your plan? The most important thing you can do is make sure that whoever you are as a person does not get muddied up by trying to get views and trying to get numbers. And, you know, that's why I told you, you setting the vast, vast goal to be like, I just want to grow is so important because if you're focused on numbers, you will fail all Amen the time, that. you know, and, and the last thing I want to do is set somebody up for failure or watch them fail or, you know, applaud someone's failure. I want to see people succeed and I want to see people succeed the correct way so other people can look up to them and succeed the same way. Because eventually we're not going to be on top of a mountain. Like when I first started and I said there was like three guys that were doing this like professionally, none of those three guys were doing professional kayak fishing in tournaments. All three of those guys were doing professional kayak fishing and entertainment. So when mm -hmm. I looked at that, I was like, dude, this sucks. I came from the bass boat world where there was like, 50 guys that were probably making a living fishing for a living and all doing tournaments and then i come to the kayak world and there's three guys making a living and they're not doing tournaments at all and i was like man this is weird i want to see eventually where we can be instead of being on the top of a mountain with three people or five, five people now or whatever it is that are making a living entertaining i want to see a, a, a mountaintop full of 150 people where there's group over here making money doing tournaments for a living there's a group over here doing entertainment for a living there's guys over here that are just doing like tutorials for a living there's this group over here doing podcasts for a living like i want to see everybody succeed but their own path and it, the bigger the spotlight gets on everybody the less darkness there is in the community so you know just be real to yourself everybody and if you want to start an industry um especially in kayak fishing or fishing in general if you want to start in the industry and make a name for yourself be who you are, let people see it and put out really good content that shows who you are. Don't worry about the views. Don't worry about the subscribers. Don't ever focus on the numbers. All it's going to do is disappoint you and let you down and uh, it'll ruin who you are. You know, people get number hungry and start doing some dumb stuff. And it's just With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're, we're going to put up this video and we're going to go, 
Mike McKinstry disses Kid Rock. Yeah. <laughs> dude, and to, you know what's funny is I that dude to his face, all well, sort of to his face, because he's like way taller than me, but it was further away. But, you know, he lives locally out here. He's like 20 minutes away from me. Uh, and, uh, well, he's in Nashville mostly now, but either way, his, his house here was like 20 minutes away from me. And that dude became such a jerk where you go to a restaurant and see him and he just acts like he's better than you. And you're like, dude, come on. Like, yeah. Right. Like, especially like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, my company I worked for had a thank you in his first album. Like, if you look at the Devil Without a Cause album, the back of the CD booklet for all you younger folks that used to come with CD booklets where you could read everything, the back page says thank you to our company, blah, 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 because we used to do all this stuff. There's no way that dude would ever do that in his, in his albums now. There's no way. Like, he's not sure. the same person. And, you know, and I feel bad saying that because I'm sure if you're close to him, he's probably a great dude still. If you're right. close to him, I'm sure he is, and that's great. But if you're not in his like inner circle, he just got that ego. And maybe maybe people trained him to be like that. Like maybe he just had such a bad run in with people once he got famous where he had to start being cold to people on the outside, which is like totally understandable. But it ruins the core audience. Like I'm no longer a Kid Rock fan, not because he doesn't make music that I think is good still, or I don't respect his ability or talent. It's because I don't look at him as a good person anymore. I don't look at him as someone with good character anymore. I don't look at him as Rob Ritchie that grew up like, you know, half hour south of me. Like, I don't sure. look at him as the same dude where it's important where you look at someone that you look up to as being the same as you at one point in their life. You know, like I want to be able to look at Pedal and Finn podcast in five years, 10 years and see you guys blow up and go, hey, Jay's still the same guy he was before he blew up. Like, he's still cool with me, even though we're not super close. Like, I can call up Brian and be like, hey, what's up, man? And you don't blow me off because now you're too big. Like, that's what I look forward to in people. And that's the kind of content you got to put out, put out the content that people know you're still like, I answer messages 24 hours a day. I don't care who you are. Yep. Um, I collab with YouTubers who have five subscribers. I don't care. Like it will never matter to me. Um, what matters to me is literally doing the same thing I did when I, the first season I started doing this. Um, I just want to do a better version of that every year. That's it. I just want to do a better version of it every single year. And if I do that, then I'm going to be the same person I was when I first started, but a better version of it every single year. And that's what matters the most. Heck yeah, man. Sorry for the rant. No, you're good. Dude. <laughs> you're good. I know you got to run, Mike. Uh, yeah, I got a hockey game and I got to be on the ice in 14 minutes and I'm playing goalie tonight against a bunch going. of like ex-pros and stuff. So it's going to be terrible. It's going to be get terrible. Your butt <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. But I appreciate you guys having me on, man. And No, you we know, appreciate you, man. We'll I do round we two would, coming up. Um, yeah, I wish we could do a five-hour version of this, man, because yeah, we didn't yeah. even get into the fun stuff. But, uh, yeah. you know... We'll, Next episode, we'll get right into that. So we established, build a foundation, build goals, micro goals, big goals, future. Are we going to be on next week with you guys? Are we doing this next week, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, if if you're good with that. Okay, yeah. So next week, we'll talk about more of um, like working with pro staffs and how to actually get on the radar of brands. Because that's the one, like today, I wanted to make sure people understood how to like dip the pool. You know, absolutely. how How to mentally prepare to get into the industry, because it's really important you do that. You don't jump in head first because you're just going to realize that it might be cement or water. You don't know yet. So you want to put your toe in first. Next yeah. week, we'll talk about how to get attention from brands, how to work with pro staffs, all that fun stuff, and, you know, less ranting. Heck yeah, brother. All right, man. Be safe. Everybody out there in the podcast world, as always, tight lines, smooth paddle. Peace. Yeah. Thank you.